0: is the Big Church Podcast.
1: Well, Big Church, good morning. I'm not sure that you're ready for this. I'm not sure. I'm not sure that I'm ready for this because we didn't tell each other what stories we were going to tell on each other this morning. I know one because it's just too good and too bad about me that he is definitely going to do use that one. But uh, uh, who's ready for... Some real pillow talk this morning. (laughs) This is our last week of pillow talk. Aww. Aww. I know, this has been such a fun series. And last week, I shared the big five in marriage. And the big five came really from Pastor Rich and I wishing somebody would have walked us through that. Because when we got married it was not rainbow and butterflies and when that's you get all married, I'm you're saying
0: you're going to find out it's more than the big 5 it might be to the big 10 too so
1: <laughs> so let's just open with prayer if you will father we come to you today god um i'm a little like My nerves are a little up because I don't know what he's going to do to throw me under the bus this morning. But God, I just pray today that every single person that is in the four walls of this church today gets something that they can take home and use in their marriage. God, why, wise people learn from others' mistakes. And I pray that's what happens today as we get real and raw and vulnerable amongst our church. God, that you can use all of our mess-ups to help them. And God, I also ask that you use some of our good stuff to help people too. God, today is all about you. Speak through both of us. Say what the people need to hear today. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: Come on, let's give it up for Pillow Talk. This has been a really, really good yeah. sermon. And I can honestly, uh, Tyler came up with the with the title of it in staff meeting one time, and I went, ooh, I hate that. <laughs> but actually, after I got it, it kind of grew on me just a little bit. But you don't want to mix next month next month we are going to be starting a a series called detox and uh we know that there's a lot of toxic things in our world and we're going to be talking about how how we end up getting our toxic thoughts uh, the things that come out of our mouth and the way that we think. So you don't want to miss next month because detox is going to be good. We're going to show you how you can detox your mind, you can detox your body, and also you can detox your soul and your spirit. So you, don't want to, you do not want to miss next month. It's going to be awesome. So the title of our talk this morning is, I don't know if this is a preach or whatever, I'm having a rough time sitting in this chair. I may end up getting up, but it's, it's, it's rough for me to sit still. But the title of our talk is Happily Ever After." You know, a lot of times what you think about as Happily Ever After is the Cinderella story of people just, you know, going off into the sunset. Everything looks good. It's the book that you read. It's the movie that you watch. That everything just happens to be, happens to work out so awesomely and so great. But we are wanna, really, we want to take you through a little bit of our own life to tell you that it does end up Happily Ever After. But sometimes you may have to go through the nightmare before Christmas to get to Happily Ever After, right? So uh, I'm going to talk to you a little bit more, and I'm going to kind of give you an idea of where we're going with this. But I remember it's been about 11 or 12 years ago. I moved uh, to Louisville after a 20-year marriage, and uh, I just needed a time to just heal. I just, I was a mess. I was broken. There were things. So I went to church and just decided, you know, I'm going to sit here. I always knew there was a calling on my life, but I'm going to sit here, and I'm going to let God do what he needs to do in me. And listen, that year was pretty rough because I was so used to being having a microphone in my hand and being, you know, being that person that I had to just sit at the very end of the pew and just say, okay, God, whatever you want to do, this is what I'm going to let you do. So I was really not ever looking to get married again.
1: Neither was I.
0: I mean, I really was not looking, and I was like, you know, so we ended up on a uh, serve team together, and we started talking just a little bit, but, you know, we went to church together, we, we kind of, but we really didn't even talk to each other that much. It was like, you know, coming and passing, and, you know, she said last week that I wasn't really her type. Did you all get that? I'm sitting there on the, on the front row going, okay, what, girl, come on, what, what are you going to say now? But I'm, I'm going to let her explain that just a little bit later. But if I wasn't her type, how come one day, out of the blue, I end up getting a text message from a number that I would had no clue? We were on the same
1: team together, and he didn't. He, right, he was,
0: yeah, right, yeah. stalker, right, right. So I get this text. I had spoken in church that morning, and she just sends me this text saying, "You did such a good job this morning, and that word was really good." And I'm like, "Thank you," but who is this? <laughs> and uh, so she tells me who he is. I still, didn't plug, I still didn't plug her number in. So that not only happened once, that happened at least twice where I got a, f- a message from her. So if I'm not her type, why are you stalking me, girl? Well, I'll
1: tell you why I stalked him. Uh, remember what I said last week? And I want to kind of explain. It's not that I wasn't attracted to him. So don't because somebody came up Come to on, me baby. and said, somebody came up to me and said, oh, well, we think Pastor Rich is cute. And I was like, oh, I, I didn't do well. I didn't do a good job explaining that. It wasn't that I wasn't attracted, but I always liked tall, dark, and handsome. And he was... <laughs> shorter than me. Yeah, well, uh, maybe. But he was muscular. He didn't have any hair, and, and the hair—he did have a little bit back in the day. Go check some of our old pictures. Um, she but used he to was spike blonde. Me up every Sunday it was awesome. He was blonde, and I never have liked blonde guys. So I was like, "Ah, oh, yeah, he's not my type," but he is attractive. And uh, but what I fell in love with was the Jesus in him. And so that day, I have a friend who said, "I remember looking at you and going." that's going to be her next husband. Hi. And I was not interested in my next husband, but he got up there and spoke about the Lord and I was like in love.
0: Hey guys, love you want to get a girl? You need to get in love with Jesus <laughs> and it will you out. So tell. Him.
1: So that's really how it all started. I want to make a point to every single one of you, don't date to date and I brought that up last week we're not just out here dating anybody that we want to date we're dating to get married and we're dating for life and I'll just let you know we dated for a whole four months before we got married Wow! <laughs> and our first date do you remember this
0: oh absolutely okay
1: remember this. so It's not a real official date, but um, he was going to preach somewhere. I had never heard him preach. I'd only heard him give words and stuff like that. And I was like, oh, so that was one of those text messages. I was like, I would love to go hear you preach because I wanted to see if this was the real deal or if this was he just gets these little words from the Lord. We all get that. So I wanted to see if it was for real. And so uh, we did not ride together because we really weren't dating. Right. And I followed him out to this church, and I was like, oh, he really is the real deal. And uh, from there... He was like, "Well, do you want to go get something to drink?" We were on a 21-day fast, so we couldn't eat anything, and the the area that we were in didn't have a lot of place, a lot of choices. So we went to the Dairy Queen and we drank water and talked for about two and a half, three hours. We Dairy closed Queen it and down.
0: Dairy Queen water, guys. you don't have to have a lot of money to go on a day. you are good. Well, tell them about our first date, our first official date.
1: Uh, okay. Well, our first official date was on Super Bowl Sunday. Yeah!
0: That's a date, guys.
1: At Back in the day, it was called Buffalo Wings and Rings. It's where the Mark's Feed store is. And uh, we went to watch the Super Bowl. And I was like, oh, okay, that was fun. And then we get in the car, and he had been revving himself up to kiss me it was the most disappointing horrible kiss and i'm like oh lord maybe i didn't hear from the lord
0: it was really bad i went in and shouldn't have gone in at the time that i went in come on you ever try to give somebody a kiss and they're looking at you like what are what are you doing are you trying but let me just tell you about three hours later it got a lot better after that. Oh
1: my gosh!
0: It did. It was a, the, the second, third, and third kiss was much better than that first one was, though.
1: Okay, I got to tell one more story before oh, no. I let him go in and start sharing some other stuff. But um, oh, here
0: we go.
1: It was his birthday, like ten years ago. Nine years ago? No, nine years ago we started. Anyway, about ten years ago. And I took him a gift at his work, and if you've ever been around me, you know my parting words to you is, "I love you." Or no, it's "I love ya." I love ya. Have a good week. Have a good day. Whatever, uh, because I believe that we're to love everybody, and so I was like, "Love ya. Have a good day." And then that was on a, his birthday was on a Tuesday that year it was and, more
0: like love you was not have a good day
1: okay but then he showed up at my house for a date that weekend a few days later now
0: let me let me back up here just a little bit because because she she gets out i get out of the car and go back into work and the whole time I'm walking into work i'm thinking she just said i, I love you and we've been dating like a month. I was like, oh, my gosh. So I went there, and I kind of pondered that all day long. Now that I know her, she probably didn't love me because she tells everybody, I love you. I love you. Go ahead. I'm sorry. So then he comes
1: to my house on a Friday night. And um, we're, I was cooking dinner that night. And we're, he's leaned up against the bar, and he said, um, hey, do you remember what you said the other day? I was like, no. She can't remember what she
0: said yesterday sometimes.
1: And he was like, you know, I mean, it was kind of serious. And I was like, I definitely don't know what was serious that I said a couple of days ago. And he was like, well, I love you too. Uh,
0: Oh, y'all supposed to go. uh.
1: And I was like, oh, I said that. (laughs)
0: You see what I got. And he
1: say. said, Yeah, you did. And I love you. And I was like, Okay, I love you too. <laughs> and um, then, it, then it really started.
0: Then it really started. But let me just tell y'all a little bit about. I'm, I am going to have to get it, walk around a little bit. I cannot sit here. This is too hard. <laughs> let me tell y'all about how I proposed to her. Y'all want to know this? This is, this is really good so romantic remember that so uh you know, we decided that we loved each other and we decided we're just not going to wait on this thing so it was like a wen- on a Wednesday I said why don't we get married on Friday and she looks at me like I
1: was like sure thinking he's kidding
0: go ahead. uh wasn't kidding so I got on Wednesday so then Friday rolls around and so she comes to the house and I said well are you ready to go get married and she's like you were serious right wasn't you I was like, well, I asked you on Wednesday, and you know, I figured you would have two days to think about it. That's a lot of time, you know. <laughs> so she says, so she looks up at me. She said, okay, let's, let's go. So we went over to the clerk's office there in Middletown, and we go in, and we sit down, and we got our paperwork going. We're filling all this stuff out, and so then we get out there, and I guess we have the marriage license in our hand, And then we get out to the car. We weren't really in a church where we had a pastor that we could call to say, okay, hey, could you marry us? So you know what we did? We Googled Justice of the Peace. (laughs) And uh, so we're sitting there in the parking lot Googling Justice of the Peace. And this guy's name came up. And I said, why don't you just go ahead and call him? And and so she calls him. He says, it was 10 o'clock in the morning. And he said, can you meet me at the Crown Plaza at 12 o'clock? I, I tell everybody, we got married at the Crown Plaza. I'm trying to make it sound like a, this great wedding, you know. Not romantic at all. Uh, I'm working on it. But anyway, we meet, so we meet him there, and we're sitting in the lobby of the Crown Plaza, and he comes walking in, and she's dressed up in Mary stuff because she has to go do a, something after work. But he walks in, and he's got this Hawaiian shirt on, he's got this, these. Uh, what khaki shorts or something on so he walks up to me he says well you got it. are you the watsons And i was like uh not yet but yeah that's who we are so he walks up and he t- starts walking us through the crown plaza lobby there and so we're walking together we're walking and i'm picturing that we're walking somewhere to go i don't know somewhere i guess romantic or whatever but as we're walking he's talking and he looks over at the bellhop and he goes this he says witness he walks past, and there's a lady literally on the phone talking to someone. He says, I'm making up her name, Anna, witness. So we had our two witnesses. We didn't even know these people. So we're walking, and we get, we get farther along, and we're walking into this thing. And so we go around this corner, and there's like a little nook that has a bathroom in it. Like, you know, the big places where people stand. So we're, he walks us into this thing. And I'm thinking, well, there's got to be a room on the inside that we're going into to do something. Literally, there was a restroom here, and there was a closet over on this side, and he starts to perform our wedding vows right there. We had written our own vows, and we, had, we, we did it, and he took us Wait, through them. we
1: forgot them. Oh, yeah, we did forget them. We him. forgot them.
0: We forgot our vows. We had written them, and I had, and I yeah, I guess I had forgotten them. And <laughs> uh, So anyway, he takes us through that, and he, and he says, you know, now... You said these vows by the bathroom, they're for life, for till death do you part. And then we walked out of there. I mean, I paid him 50 bucks. See, it don't cost a lot to get married. I don't remember what I paid him, to be honest. I handed him some money, and uh, he signed the papers after that. But this is how romantic that was. She went to her Mary Kay uh, appointment, and I played league softball that night. So it took a whole year For us to get a real honeymoon in but that is our marriage and you know it is what it is
1: and you know I know some of you may be really laughing but you uh, like I know you're really laughing because we laugh about it often but um, some of you may have incredible marriages may have romantic marriages some of you are on your second marriage some of you are in a marriage right now that you're struggling And you're like, I don't even know that I want to be with this person anymore. I want you to know if you're on your second marriage, you are already statistically more apt to get a divorce than you were on your first marriage. So marriage, you guys, whether it's your first, your second, or whatever number, is hard work. It's being committed and consistent and being there on the good days, the bad days, and the not so pretty days, like the ugly days. But uh, it's so important. And you guys, when we got married, um, two or three years in, we started marriage counseling. And I'm only going to, he's going to be talking about this. But um, when we sat down, we had a lot stacked up against us. We got married. It was our second, third, fourth marriage for me. Um, we had that. We had blended families. We had started a ministry. We had so much stacked against us to start. We didn't date that long, and we didn't have pre-marriage counseling. And so we had to work even harder.
0: And listen, we started out this way. We started out in a two-bedroom Apartment with one bathroom, and anywhere from eight to nine people lived with us at, at any given time. Well, we took in, <laughs> we took in homeless people. We took in a guy that uh, that was going through drug and rehab at the time. And here we had kids. We had the other bedroom set up. We had a queen size bed in it. We had a set of bunk beds in the other bedroom. There was somebody sleeping in the floor, and then there was somebody sleeping on our couch. It was bad enough that we had, you know, baggage brought into the marriage and just we were actually kind of getting ready to kind of learn each other just a little bit because we hadn't been around, but we had all that stacked on top of us. And, you know, and we also had a she's going to allude to a blended family, too. So this is going to be speak to you guys.
2: Hey, Big Church, we are so excited that you're tuning into this week's podcast. But we wanted to take a quick break to tell you about some fun things that we have going on at our church. Now, we have a lot going on, but we're super excited about the I Am She Conference happening on March the 7th. You guys, we're bringing in Jess Conley, the author of You're the Girl for the Job, and our very own Mindy Watson. They're going to bring encouragement and purpose into what God has called each and every one of us women to do. There'll be food and fun and fellowship, and there's a shopping expo filled with only women-owned businesses from our local area. How exciting is it? So if you're interested in joining us at the I Am She conference, head on over to com slash events. We're also going to put a link to that in the show notes and grab your tickets. You guys, you don't want to miss out on this amazing opportunity to be who God has called you to be. We look forward to seeing you there. Now here's the rest of our episode. And so I had
1: four boys um, come in and they were all teenager and teenagers and above and then he had uh, an eight year old son and how old would Lacey have been at that time like eight, eighteen or nineteen years old and um, so we didn't raise our kids this same way. I was uh, as a matter of fact, when I was in um, oh when we were in a custody situation, they were and it was a home study the people said that i was rigid because like i my kids were expected to walk the line and yes ma'am no sir all that and uh he was and remember what i said last week because he came from no love he tried to overcompensate and it was just like it was, a, it was hard. We didn't raise our kids the same way, and then we put them together, and it was like chaos.
0: And, I, you know, she, we lived with uh, the boys, her boys, and, yeah. and mine I saw every, every other, other week. Weekend. So I tried to compensate. I tried to make sure that it was fun and do those things, and sometimes I'd, I really overcompensated for that. But uh, it, it was really hard blending that together.
1: Yeah, it was rough.
0: And, you know, money was tight, too. I remember I had a really good job. I used to run big old tires. I did that for, like, 23 years and uh, always made decent money. And I can remember that uh, I was I went up to talk to my boss. Now, actually, no, I didn't. I'm outside just minding my business. And he comes up to me, and he says, um, you know, I would like for you to manage my store for me. And at th- that time, I was only working, like, 40 hours a week. I didn't want any responsibilities. I was good. And so he, was, uh, he offered that to me. And this is not like me. You got to understand me. You, I, I, in, a, in the same breath, I said, Well, I just want to let you know, Tim, I'm going to give you my two weeks' notice because I'm quitting. And I called her. She said, You said what? I was like, yeah, I, I really feel like God has got something for us, and we're going to have to make this thing work because I can't do this work in here all of the time. And let me mind you, we didn't have a church building. We didn't have nothing. We had I mean, we had a lot. We had 100 young high school kids that were coming at Sunday with giving $10.43 in the offering. So it was one of those stretches of faith to say, Okay, this is what we're going to do, but let me tell you what we do, and this is what I want you young people, and even more seasoned people, I don't say older people, seasoned people, I want you all to know that sometimes if you don't have the money to go out and eat, don't go out and eat. Sometimes if you don't have the money to buy something, don't, don't buy it, because I can tell you, we went through about a year-long period uh, there where we had to watch every dime that we had. We had to, to, to we, we just couldn't go do what we can actually do now. And I remember during that time, too, we tithed, and I was like, that was so hard to do, knowing that the money that we had coming in, because it wasn't that much. So I'm just telling you this right now, that be faithful over what God gives you. And listen, if you're faithful over that, he's going to give you a lot more in the future, because this would have never happened had we not stepped out, had we not went to that next level and trusted God in what he was doing. Well, let me tell you a little bit here. I'm going to go into the next part of here. And the next part, next point is learn to fight fair. Anybody know how to fight fair in here in marriage? Okay, well, I'm going to teach you. (laughs) Ephesians 4.26 said that you got to put some Bible in it. Here we go. Ephesians 4.26 says this. And don't sin by letting anger control you. Don't let the sun go down while you're still angry. For anger gives foothold to the devil. As Pastor Mindy said last week, we we're very, very, very passionate people. Whether it's good, whether it's bad, and whether it's ugly, right? Yeah, right. We are very passionate. So I remember um, I remember a discussion that we had at one time. I'd, and I'm going to use that word very loosely. This was a discussion. You ever have a discussion that turns into something other than a discussion? <laughs> Well, we started having a discussion, and then we found out that we disagreed highly on the outcome of this discussion. Passionately. Passionately on this discussion. And it turned into a knockdown, drag out fight. Because I can tell you, early in our marriage, we sure could fight. We could. And we were good at it, too. So um, I learned a couple of things in that the hard way. I learned that when a man wants to get out of a room, he's ready to get out of the room in the discussion. Can I get an amen, guys? You're ready to move away. You're ready to get out of the the face of it. And women want to confront this thing. They want to get it to them. So I made a grave mistake that I probably will never, ever, ever do. I will never, ever do this one again. When you go into the next room, never, ever, 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 Lock the door behind you. Because the big bad wolf was at the door. Tell him what you said. You better let me in.
1: I said, you better unlock this door right now.
0: And And I did not unlock the door.
1: And that went on for about three minutes. And I was like, you will be sorry if you do not unlock this door.
0: Well... A $200 door later, had to paint it, had to get Bobby to come and hang it for me. I told him, to, we, we threw a ball at it or something. She literally punched it. No, kick she it kicked, in. No, because she got some legs, girl. Boom. She kicked that thing, put a hole in it, kicked it off the hinges. And I'm like, I learned my lesson. I moved to another room, but I never locked the door behind me.
1: Gets the most angry though. You do. (laughs) No. Who's the most stubborn? No. Rich Watson. Listen, I got
0: white on today. She's got black on, so you all already know what the answer to that is. Come on. The devil. Hey, listen. I'm going back to this verse right here. No, don't you go back to that verse. Who is the most stubborn? Don't let that. don't let the sun go down upon your anger. I am the most stubborn of the two. She's pretty stubborn, but I got her beat by a long shot. A long shot. A long shot. shot. There, There were many times when we went weeks where we only spoke when spoken to. Like when you were passing information about where are we going, we're doing this, that was it. We had no small talk. And to be honest with you, I'm like my mama. My mama was the most stubborn person in the world, and I'm probably a close second to that, but thankful that she, uh, she didn't allow me to lock doors anymore, and I learned that.
1: Let me share another scripture with you. It's Ephesians 4.31, and it says, Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all ta- types of evil behavior. Instead, be kind to each other, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. I want to tell you that we went to see a counselor, and it came from—I um, didn't ask permission for this, but. Um, she was 17 years old at the time. Gabrielle's been with us since she was 15, and she sat us down. Actually, you were 18. And she said, you guys need to do something. Because what happens happens in front of everybody. And we did, our kids were kind of out of the house by then, but our refuge kids weren't. And so we started going to see.
0: So she, t- she says, we're going to counseling. I was like, okay, here we go. Um, so we walk into this guy's house and go into his back bedroom. And he's, <laughs> and he's got all this Star Wars memorabilia all over the room. And it's got... It was, and, and at that time, he's got a little rat tail, like, coming out, the hair leanly. Lean. And I sat down there in that chair, and I went, good Lord, what have I got myself into? I admitted to counseling, but I don't know where this is going to. But let me just tell you, this guy was fantastic. He didn't take my side. He didn't take her side. He kind of put us in the middle. And after we, we, we went to him for what six or seven sessions every mm-hmm, bit, and it mm-hmm. was so good for our marriage. But the eyes, I was thinking, oh my gosh, we're we're in trouble.
1: And his name's Phil Drake. And yes, if you've ever had awesome. any issue, I send you to him because he's so wise. And we go still see him every every so often. Gotta get also, it I believe 100% in inner healing and deliverance. Because sometimes we're going through stuff that a counselor can walk us through, but he can't fix it. The only one that can fix it is the Lord. And so, uh, Leanne, how many times have I had sessions since we opened the church? Like, if God reveals something to me, I'm going to go let him take care of it. And I'm going to have somebody agree with me and walk me through that. Um, Let's talk about communication real quickly because I didn't spend a lot of time with that last week. Number one, confront quickly. Do not, as that scripture that he shared, let the sun go down on your anger. Confront it. Talk about it. Reveal it. You cannot heal anything until you reveal it. The second thing is you have to be hot, honest, honest open and transparent listen I don't always hey guys, that's
0: a different hot that we're looking at so you know
1: I don't always like to say the hard things because uh, I learned in counseling that I'm codependent and sometimes I don't say everything that I need to say because I care too much about his feelings but if you're wanting freedom, you've got to be honest, open, and transparent. And you have to say the things. You don't have to be mean about it. But you have to say what needs to be said. Here's something Pastor Rich is still working on. No interrupting or talking over. If you're an interrupter or you talk over, that is a very bad quality and you all need to fix it. Okay? So here's what, I learned, here's what I've learned with him. He'll start I'll start talking, he'll talk over me, and now I, there's so a lot of times, you know, we're passionate and I'm like, "Oh, heck no. We've been in this 9 years. Why are you still interrupting me?" So he'll start talking, go ahead, just say I something. like to have the last and word. And so I'll honestly. say, "No, you aren't having the last word." And it gets to where we're screaming at each other because not I'm lately, not
0: not lately. It's been a lot better than <laughs> It was it was Thursday. Sorry. Well, no. I we're mean, we're getting healing from that. It was Thursday. I
1: mean, you have learned not to interrupt as much.
0: I had to learn the hard still, way, though. It was rough.
1: Oh, no name calling. Unless it's a good name, we're not going to call names. No yelling. <laughs> That only causes more arguments. Remember Romans twelve ten that we talked about last week. We're going to honor our spouse more than ourselves. So I don't like to be yelled at. And sometimes I'll have to say, take it down. I'm right here. And he's like, but, but I'm not yelling. And, and he does the really, same I, thing can, to come me. Come
0: on, guys. Are you, there's sometimes when you're not yelling and they're saying, quit yelling at me. I'm like, I'm not yelling. You're yelling at me. I'm, I'm not really not yelling, I promise. But a and woman's it, yelling and a man's yelling are two different definitions of yelling. Here we go.
1: And same. Like when we're talking, I'll, I say this to staff all the time. I'm like, I'm not mad. I'm just passionate about what I'm talking about. I'm not really mad, but sometimes it comes across that I'm mad when I'm passionate. Um, and the last one is Listening. Go ahead. Talk about that.
0: Well, I learned something that a woman wants you to listen to them and try not to fix the problem sometimes. You know, guys want to fix the problem. They want to get to the root of it. Hey, come on. That's okay. Good job. But we want to fix it. So I remember her one day, she walks in the house, and she just vomits everywhere. Not literally vomits, but she starts talking, and she's talking and she's sitting there, and she's venting, and she's absolutely, I don't know what all she's talking about. So finally, I'm sitting there about three quarters of the way through the conversation, and I said, hold on just a second. Do you want me to listen to you? Like, grabbed her face. Linda, do you want me to listen to you, or do you want me to fix this? She said, I just want you to listen. I have learned that It's been hard. There's still sometimes i got to stop myself. I have learned sometimes that women just want to tell you in 17,000 words (laughs) what has went on with their day, right? The guy's got the 18-word, okay, well, we'll just go here and let's go get something to eat.
1: (laughs) And, you know, I don't know. I, I think there's a lot of people like this. I just need to get out of me what's in me. And just listen to me, and then once it's out, then I don't have any bitterness. And, and like, so I remember a time I, I, I'm telling him, and I there were so many stories I had to tell about this one thing, and and he finally looked at me and he was like, I don't want to hear any more of what happened, and it made me mad because he told me he would listen but I didn't say anything that's why you have to be honest open and transparent and I've been carrying it until we prepared this message like you didn't listen to me you didn't honor me and that really bothered me but I didn't ever say it until we started talking about this you guys our marriage is hard because of what we do we carry the weight of our marriage and all of your marriages and every problem that happens at the church. But your marriage is hard because of your own reasons. You're, you're busy. You don't have time to spend together. You don't communicate. You don't take some time off just for each other. And maybe you're not having a Sabbath where you can get rested and replenished. I believe that couples that pray together stay together. That is what kept us together in the beginning days of our marriage. Sometimes we would hold hands and pray in the morning and it was almost passive aggressive, like I'm praying to God like, ah, I'm to and I'm, this. I'm telling God uh, what he... God, just work on this. And and, and and, uh, but sometimes you have to pray through clenched teeth. So we're going to challenge you this week to pray together. Pick a time for the next seven days and let's just see if next week your marriage, your family, your life isn't in a much better place.
0: I'm going to quote to you Proverbs 18.22. It says, He who finds a wife finds a good thing oh yeah and do- and lady. obtains favor of the lord and you guys have been around us and some of you all have been around us in staff and everything and you know i like to joke on her and so she's gotten much better at taking jokes for real when we first got married i'd be like good lord just chill you know but i like to joke on her a lot but can i tell you what an amazing woman she is come on i'm not saying that just to get up. she's an amazing woman she's beautiful She's hard-working. I mean, I watch her climb up these ladders and cut in the paint. We need some painters in the church. I'm just using that. But I watch her cut in that paint and go up and down that ladder. And just the hard work that she puts into this is just, you know, it's, y'all don't know what goes on behind. And here's what I love about her. She's challenged me to be better. Listen, there's a lot of things. I'm perfect, but I need a little work. But she's challenged me to, like, step up in my leadership. She's challenged me to be a better man, to be a better husband. And, you know, that's not always been easy for me. But I just want everyone, if they would, if they stand, and I want to honor my wife this morning. Come on, everybody off off their feet. Come on. We're going to stand. We're going to honor the woman of this house for all that she does and all that she is. So, love you, babe. Don't get makeup on my white new shirt. But as we're standing, you know, let's, let's go ahead, and we're going to kind of talk to you just a little bit about, you know.
1: You may be sitting there thinking, we haven't lived a happily ever after marriage.
0: Oh, sorry. Sorry. <laughs> I was looking for the lights to go off. You know my squirrel. Here we go. Sorry. This is supposed to be the serious part. Here we go.
1: Let's start over. Erase.
2: <laughs> okay.
0: okay. We went backwards.
1: Maybe you have not lived the happily ever life marriage.
0: And as you've heard from us, neither have we. We've had to work on this thing. We've had to, we're still continuing to work on this. I mean, we're, we're trying to take our marriage to a different level. But it does take work and commitment.
1: And as you heard me say last week, it's not perfect, but we're committed. And that's what we're wanting you to do. As a single person, commit to finding the one that God has for you and not the one that look good, that smell good, whatever. Find the one that God has for you. And if you're married, listen. Listen. Today's a new day. On, Make a new right. commitment. Right. Yeah. Say, come, come hail or high water. I'm going to stay committed to you till death do us part. And kind of, there were days that we looked at each other, I might be killing you because it's till death do us part. <laughs> but be committed yes. for the rest of your days.
0: Listen, weight will come on you, your breath will start to stink. Your cologne won't smell as good down the line. Gives me headaches. So it gives her headaches. But I'm telling you, when you get committed to this relationship, no matter what it is, but what happened, I said a few weeks ago, is when you get committed in your relationship with Jesus, it makes all the rest of them work. So as I said that, let's go back to our first love. Let's go back to the relationship with Him. Because when you get that right, it's going to make your marriage right. It's going to make your kids Right? Even though you may not look that, but it's going to make things start working in your life.
1: Today, if you want to have a relationship with Jesus and you want to say, I commit to you first and foremost, God, we want you to stop by the Connect Center. We have a salvation bag for you. It's something that tells you all about the next steps. Because as Pastor Rich said, it is the most important relationship. And it's the relationship that we pray every single one of you have.
0: And, you know, it's more than just standing and saying a prayer. It's more than just, you know, the Bible says this, is if you confess with your mouth, And if you believe in your heart, we're not just trying to give you a salvation bag because you raised your hand and you you did it. We want you to believe what you're saying in this thing. We're going to go through a prayer here. We want you to believe it and we want you to confess it. And the Bible says if you believe and you confess those things, you're saved. It's not that big of a process, but it's one that can change your whole life. So if you would, we're going to read this prayer together. Say, Dear Jesus.
1: Dear Jesus.
0: I'm a sinner. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. Please forgive me of my sins. Make me new. And I give you control of my life. When I mess up, help me to get up. And not run away from you, but run to you. In Jesus' name, amen.